Hey Crafties, our Arena Craft podcast constructed set review for Strixhaven continues today. So enjoy this next segment in the series and we will continue releasing them over the next week. Okay, Cody Vociferous Codex. Which, okay, I, I need, <laughs> sorry. I need to go on a little mini rant here. I couldn't even get to the mana cost. Like... Is this just, does this make you cringe, CGB? We're gonna make a codex. It's a creature. We need to give it a name. What are we gonna, Cody? That sounds like a, a legendary artifact book creature who is a codex. Really? Really? Okay. <sighs> All right. <laughs> really? I've, CGB's like, really? This is what you're getting upset really? about? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. no, no, I get it. Go on. I this pet has been unleashed on Arena because if you buy the if you buy the pre-bundle, oh, you can get it Like now. you get this as a pet. Every time I see it, I'm like, what the freaking what the cartoon nonsense. This? this was like in the first Care Bears movie, this character. Yeah, dude, and what is this? This is straight out of like um Beauty and the Beast, right? Like this is one of those dancing animated things from the beast house whatever okay so cody the vociferous codex <laughs> see what they did there yes we do okay uh costs three generic mana this is a legendary artifact creature construct it ha it is a one for the first line you can't cast permanent spells oof okay that's pretty big deal but you can pay four mana and tap cody to add wooberg one of each color of mana to your mana pool when you cast your next spell this turn exile cards from the top of your library until you exile an instant or sorcery card with lesser mana value than the card you cast by the way until end of turn you may cast that card without playing it paying its mana cost put each other card exiled this way on the bottom of your library in a random order. So this is one of them brain in a jaw style total build around weirdo deck cards. Yeah. Honestly, this strikes me as like a really fun brawl commander. Um, <laughs> oh god, I didn't even Oh no. I didn't <laughs> even think of that. Okay. That's where I'm going with Cody. All man. right. Wow. Do we see anything no. <laughs> do we oh, do we see God. anything happening in standard with this? I mean, it's just so weird, right? There are it had to be like an artifact creature, right? So it gets killed by anything that affects an artifact and gets killed by anything that affects a creature. So it's mm -hmm. an easy target and mm -hmm. it's three mana for a one four, which is a decent but not completely unassailable body. There are some decks that will struggle to just kill this when you cast it on turn three. If you untap on turn four and making Wooberg allows you to cast your spell, which is tricky because that mm -hmm. means you can't cast something that has a double amount in the cost. Right, and you do want the spell to be hopefully a heavy hitter, right? I'm trying to think of like a five-mana spell that... Like Lorehold Command. I was going to say, yeah. Lorehold Command is a good example of what you want to cast off of this. And then you just, whoosh, here goes my deck, and it's going to hit an instant or sorcery. It kind of has Cascade, right? Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, And exactly. you get to cast another something and and the problem with the, all those instants and sorceries like a big problem with them is a lot of them are conditional they're spot removal so i mean you don't want to hit spot removal that has no spot right <laughs> is it optional until the end of turn you may cast okay yeah, good because yeah. if it was required you'd end up soul searing your own cody. yeah your own cody that would be savage <laughs> so you need a lot of like card draw to hit but if your deck is full of card draw I, what are you drawing into? Just more spells, and now you're just every turn is going to be activate Cody, cast two spells, and somehow you're going to win from this. Yeah, I don't know, man. The other thing is that if you're using that Wooberg to cast like some actually bigger game-ending spell, then you're kind of hoping for that spell to just carry the weight, right? So, apart from this being like a ramp spell, it's not like like that's one of one of the things that Cody lets you do is ostensibly fix your mana perhaps a little bit and 
generate an extra mana so maybe it helps you cast like a six mana spell a little bit sooner than you would have but i mean i'm reaching here yeah this card is is very weird and it's hard for me to see it showing up in any non-memeing context i think i hate this card so you hate it for potentially different reasons than I hate it. I hate it. I, I, I hate it for being a book with a stupid name. I hate it for you can't cast permanent spells. What what kind of reading keeps you from ca- like like summoning a creature? Like what the hell's wrong with that? Yeah. I I don't know. I hate this card. This card's stupid. Get this card out of my set review. Okay, how <laughs> how about CGB Magma Opus? <laughs> I see what they did there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's another really six witty card. Colorless name. mana for uh, and a and a blue and a red for an instant mythic. Magma Opus deals 4 damage divided as you choose among any number of targets. Tap 2 target permanence, create a 4/4 four, four blue and red elemental creature token draw two cards and then you have this option of paying an is it hybrid and an is it hybrid and you discard magma opus and you create a treasure token what are they doing so i guess the joke here right is that on turn two you discard this and make a treasure token and then on turn three you cast your four mana you know museum play this from the graveyard spell right yep your, your thing that cares about the big spell in the graveyard. Yeah. Or your whatever that 2-2 two, two creature is that gets buffed. Mm-hmm. You just want whatever, whatever your, yeah. your hard-hitting four-mana spell-caring thing is, right? Of which we've seen a number of options. Yep. Uh, I wish I could remember the name of it, but yeah. The one. The, it's a 2-2 two, two for 2 and 2 blue with ward. Yep. And when it enters the battlefield, exile a, a, an instant or sorcery from your graveyard and put half that many plus one plus one counters on this card. Right. Yeah. So that becomes what? A, it becomes a, a six, seven, six. a six six, or five five? No, I think it's a it's okay. an eight four six six six. Yeah. Which is like cool, bro. So we played a six six with Ward on turn three. Yeah. I mean, you can do worse in a game of Magic, I suppose. I mean that's really good. Yeah. That that is not uh, going to be beaten solely by a love struck beast, mm-hmm. which is a bar that we've talked about many times. And they probably can't remove it for a while, you know, two or three turns. And even if they have a heartless act, that just removes a few counters from it. it doesn't kill it. So, but here here's here's the rant I have in me about these cards. Even if this turns out to be good where you either have a way to cast this with the Efreet after discarding it to make a treasure and ramp out the Efreet, or you discard this and you make the 6-6 by exiling it. Even if that turns out to be good, I hate that kind of magic. I hate magic that's like, well, I'm gonna, I, I have my Magma Opus, I drew that. Hopefully I'll top deck, I guess, this Ifrit card and it'll actually hit. And we just are all in on this strategy because I've, I've, I've been trained to evaluate things based on their individual power level. And when synergies like this get pushed hard enough, they become real. And they might be pushed hard enough in this set. But I just hate playing Magic where if I draw this card and this card, it's broken. But if I only draw this card or only draw that card, it's meh. And then when I play the mirror and my opponent has it and I don't, I want to uninstall. Like, I I hate that. That's not magic for me. Well, here's another thing that's kind of annoying about it. It's one thing if you, with your clever brain, take, like, a bunch of disparate random cards and turn them into, like, a genius deck that does a cool thing then you feel really cool playing Magic, right? But when they hand you a deck, which is basically what's happening here, they're like, hey, player, tap, tap, tap on the shoulder. Here's like 15 cards. You should put all of these in a deck together and sleeve them up, and that's a card in this format. You don't even feel clever, right? Like, you don't even feel smart for having put it together. So, yeah, it's it's kind of a cheap trick, in my opinion. And let's just talk about the face of this card. Like, CGB, if you spent 8 mana to just cast this spell, even at instant speed, would you feel stoked about it? No. I, I, I guess if you have nothing else to do with your mana, you're glad you had the chance. Yeah. But I, Inspired Ultimatum laughs at this. 
I'd you know? much rather turn my land into two four four angels than cast magma opus. Yeah, th- that's a good idea. Yeah, including this card in your deck is kind of saying, I'm just looking to discard it and make a treasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like it. It makes me sad. I'm I'm not feeling it either. I really wanted to look at this card and be like, oh sweet. Oh boom. That's the payoff. Yeah. But it's but that that's the thing. They made it so that if you cast it the normal way, it's not that good because they knew that the whole thing was gonna be about cheating it anyway. It wasn't designed to be cast this way. And this is supposed to be some kind of like Prismari expression, you know, with magic. You're expressing yourself by creatively casting this spell, not, you know, doing the normal thing of tapping the appropriate amount of mana that's written on the freaking card to do it, you know. And and it doesn't feel, that doesn't feel creative to me. It's like they tried to make spell reanimator, but they forced it so hard. We're all like, we're all looking for it. We know what we're trying to do here. And it might turn out to be good, but I'm still not stoked. Yeah, this, this is a miss for me as well, for sure. I think maybe they were also worried that with that other clause on it, with the bottom clause on it, it might just be a little bit too good as a fair magic card to, to have these two modes on it. Anyway, yeah, not not stoked, basically. Not stoked. How about expressive iteration Blue and a red, sorcery at uncommon. Look at the top three cards of your library, put one of them into your hand, put one of them on the bottom of your library, and exile one of them. You may play the exiled card this turn. This card, I had to read it a couple of times, but I liked it a lot more on my subsequent reads. So here's my initial hit on this card. If you're lucky enough to hit a land off of this card, you can make this be uh, play a land, draw a card. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing is that you you know draw the best of the other two cards. If you hit off the land, it's maybe not as good as a growth spiral because it's not like it's not ramping you. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't ramp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can you can do worse, right? You can do worse. Well, it's it's hard to hit a two mana draw two, you know, anymore. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you kind of have to have of one mind where you have to play these creature types. Like the stage required you to damage the opponent. This is a lot of ways a two mana draw two, mm-hmm. but the, you have to play it later in the game. You can't play it on turn two. So you you can. It's just that you're really hope. Well, I guess no. You're right. Turn two you can't play it. Turn three you could play it and hit your land drop. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. You're, and then you're a little bit mana in, inefficient, which is, you know, I, I think it's a fair card. I don't think it's busted. I don't think it's amazing. I think it's fair, but it has draw two potential. And then, of course, later in the game, you don't take the land. You take two spells, one that you'll cast now, one you'll cast later. So it's it's all right. I, it's hard to see where it fits. It's It's a card that will probably make some archetype a little better, but I'm not sure exactly when or where. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This card is honestly like um, I might be more interested in trying to storm off with this in Historic, for example. This is the kind of card that like it adds to your spell count. You know, maybe if Magecraft, if we're trying to trigger Magecraft, right? This could be an important part of that equation. Might help you more likely hit two spells in one turn. And then if you're also triggering like cascading benefits from that, then it could all add up. Um, or, you know, if prowess, right, we, we have cards like, um, the pixie dragon or whatever. So yeah, it, it could all come together. This card isn't just good. You have to figure out how to make it good. All right. How about elemental expressionist CGB? Hybrid blue, red times four. Four mana, it can be blue or it can be red. Sorry to interrupt, but it's looking like this is a cycle, yeah? Like each college has one of these four-cost rare cards. Well, the last one had one line, and it was attacking creatures you control have double strike. (laughs) This one appears to be a book of text, and it's a 4-4 instead of a 2-3. So let's get into it. Um, Creature Orc Wizard. Magecraft. Whenever you cast... Or copy an instant or sorcery spell. Choose target creature you control. 
Until end of turn, it gains, if this creature would leave the battlefield, exile it instead of putting it anywhere else. And when you exile this creature, create a 4-4 blue and red elemental creature token. Ah, what is this? Wait, hold on. I need to I need to read this again. So, cast a coffee and instant or sorcery. You choose a target creature you control. If it would leave the battlefield, it gets exiled. And when you exile this creature, create a 4-4 blue and red elemental creature token. So, the joke is that you exile the elemental expressionist. You get a 4-4. And then this comes back at the end of the turn, right? It does. Or it doesn't. I don't think so. I guess I it doesn't come back. So think... why? Okay, this is super weird. Well, it's saying if something would die, <laughs> then instead you bolt their face and you get a 4-4 instead of it dying? I guess. I super weird card. Okay, so help me. I thought that when like if a token would go anywhere it gets exiled, right? So this says whenever you exile this creature. I don't know, man. What what am I looking at? I, this I, I I'm struggling. Do we I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like we don't have to figure it out cuz this card isn't good. I don't think so. Like, you have to play a spell to activate that, right? That's the trick. If you just tap out, you get a 4-4 with no abilities, and if the opponent just kills it or kills you or goes over the top and does something that ignores it, then you, have, you haven't you have done anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. N- nope. 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 Have you ever watched Supergirl on the CW? <laughs> no. Because the art looks exactly like the Martian's from the series Supergirl riding a panther that's on fire and with tornadoes in the background. And that is all so much extra. And this card is so not. Yeah, really, really not living up to its potential here. That's for sure. (laughs) Okay, Uh, we have a lesson here in a foreign language. So let me follow this and see what it says. Okay, this is very simple. It is a sorcery. For three, is it, is it? So five mana total. And it says, it's a lesson, and it says create a 4-4 blue and red elemental creature token. So, is this one better than the Boros one? Uh, the Boros lesson? Sorry, the Lawhold one. The 3-2. Three, for three. Oh, uh, that exile's a permanent? No. Oh yeah. No. No. Yeah. I'm com- this. So there was the one for one. I already forgot the I know, boring ones. Right? I, it was. Okay. It was just one borrows borrows for a three two. During the lesson, I didn't learn anything. CGB. So. We're trying I was to do a sleeping podcast in class here. again, man. I'm sorry, it was too boring. CGB's it's like common. He's I like don't... your classic slacker who gets an A anyway. I need to get beaten down by the common at least four times before I acknowledge its existence. <laughs> yeah, so th- this is probably about as playable as that 3-2-1 is, which is probably not playable. You said 3-2-1. I, di- I did say that, which is the cleverest thing that's happened in the last five minutes. <laughs> I am really back in school. I, my, I, like, my attention span and my maturity levels are plummeting. Oh my gosh. I mean, Meme Haven, are we ready to call this set Meme Haven? I could. How about this next one, CGB, Creative Outburst? Let's see if this is better than Magma Opus. Three blue, blue, red, red for a total of seven mana. It's an instant at uncommon. It has that same clause of hybrid, is it, hybrid, is it to discard it and create a treasure token. Creative Outburst deals 5 damage to any target. Look at the top 5 cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand, the rest on the bottom of your library, in a random order. Oof. What? I mean, Prophetic Bolt was a 5-mana instant that did 4 damage to any target and let you look at your top 4, pick one, and put it into your hand. That saw play in its time, um, which nowadays is laughable because the rate is so high and so bad. And uh, this is, uh, again, you have to cheat it. And even if you do, it's just like, not that great. 
It is five to any target. You can dome with this. I mean, this uh, inspired ultimatum kind of puts this to shame, right? If you're going to cast something for free from your yard, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't. I we, I said what I would say about this card about Magma Opus too. Like I don't I don't love this style. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. And I didn't even read this card before I selected it. I just thought that it was in in that same cycle and worth at least considering. But yeah, this, is, this doesn't doesn't measure up particularly well. How about another really weird card? Wandering Archaic is a five generic mana colorless creature avatar at rare. It says whenever an opponent casts an instant or sorcery spell, they may pay two generic mana. If they don't, you may copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Did I mention it was a 4-4? I don't remember. It is a 4-4. You did. Okay. It has a backside, and the backside is Explore the Vast Lands. It's three generic mana. It is a colorless sorcery, also a rare. Surprise. Each player looks at the top five cards of their library, reveals a land card and or an instant or sorcery card from among them, then puts the cards they revealed this way into their hand and the rest on the bottom of their library in a random order. Each player gains three life. I don't know about you, CGB, but this I'm not getting Golos vibes from the Wandering Archaic. I think I zoned out somewhere in there because <laughs> I don't remember the, what you said about the second half, and I'm trying to reread it, and I keep on failing. <laughs> Each player looks at the top five of their library, reveals a land card and or an instant sorcery card. Mm-hmm. So you're hoping to hit both. And puts them into their hand, so you just draw them. You might. So each player might draw two? Yep. Depending on Each the player gains three life? Yeah, it's a weird card. I, I, what? Why would we do this? I think the idea is that your opponent's playing a creature deck, and so they just get a land, and they gain three life, which doesn't matter, right? And then you get a land and a sorcery, and you gain three life. So I think that the idea is that it's supposed to be better for you than it is for them. All right. So against the deck that doesn't run instants and sorceries you want to play the back side exactly and against the deck that runs instants or sorceries you want to play the front side because now if they cast instants or sorceries you get to copy them Mm -hmm. because think about casting the backside against a spell that does have instants and sorceries is a disaster right probably you basically spent three mana as in like most of or an entire turn Unless you already control the front side, right? Because then you give them a card that you're probably going to copy. That's true. Yeah. Uh, or that they have to pay more for. I, I'm still not paying five mana for this 4-4. Four, four. No. I'm just not doing it. Neither am I. Yeah. What a weird looking thing, too. Like, like this thing coming over to hang out with me? No. It's like, no. it's some kind of like mashup of like a Hindu deity and like an egyptian dog deity or something yeah it's what's with all the birds on the back <laughs> I don't know. this card is weird my my brain rejects it acp art review strikes again <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> i'm sorry there were no birds mentioned in the card okay <laughs> But how about it if it, okay if you control this and the opponent casts all runs epiphany what happens uh either they pay for it or, yeah, that's true. Who gets the turn first? You get the turn know. first, right? I, I think so. Yeah, because that it's... We proceed as normal and we all have birds. It's like Lucky Clover, right? You get the copy before the original resolves. Sure. Yeah. Sure. We really got them, CGB. We really got them. They'll just foretell it and play it on the following turn. No, I, this card is weird and maybe I'm even underrating it, but it, I, 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 my brain is rejecting it. Yeah, okay. We can okay. we can safely move on from this card. So if you thought that the fun had stopped, we, <laughs> we have a lot more fun coming up, CGB. And so the next card I'm going to soft pitch to you, Tanazir Quandrix. All right. Tanazir Quandrix is three and a green and a blue, a legendary elder dragon with text, lots of it. It's a 4-4 with flying and trample. And when 
This card enters the battlefield, double the number of plus one plus one counters on target creature you control. And whenever this creature attacks, you may have the base power and toughness of other creatures you control become equal to this creature's power and toughness until end of turn. Uh, why? Double the number of plus one plus one counters on target creature you control. So it doesn't come in with a counter. So you don't you can't double its own power. You have to double something else. So why would you want? I, I guess because they're plus one plus one counters, making them a base four four makes them even bigger. I suppose makes your Nissa lands massive. This we is really the Elder it. Dragon of Math, right? It is. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it already. <laughs> I don't want to do math. It's the Elder Dragon of Board State. Um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, this card seems meme Like, I, okay, it's not hard to concoct scenarios in which this card is good. Um, one of the things I don't like about it is that uh, Tanazia has to attack to get the buff. I think if you just got the buff as soon as you played Tanazia, it would be a lot better, right? Because then yes. you could, like, play it on you know, slam it, have a good attack, and um, that would probably be sweet. Yeah, you could play your Stone Cold Serpent, and you play Kazmina, plus it one turn, minus it the next turn, and then you play this, and you'd have ultra-mega creatures to attack with. Instead, you play this, and you double up one creature, but that creature has to make it to the next turn, and the dragon has to make it to the next turn, and... Oh, arc. I mean, it's a lot of text. It doesn't it it doesn't feel like exciting text. Song and thunder signifying nothing. I don't quite remember that <laughs> that quote, but yep. Um so anyway, we probably won't play Tanazir. This is a card I'm interested to get your take on. So multiple choice. X and a blue sorcery at rare. If X is one, scry one, then draw a card. If X is 2, you may choose a player. They return a creature they control to its owner's hand. If X is 3, create a 4-4 blue and red elemental creature token. And if X is 4 or more, do all of the above. So my hot take on this card was that it wasn't very good. After reading it a little bit more, I'm warming to some of the possibilities, but um yeah i don't know what like i'm sure you've thought about this card what's going through your head it's a sorcery that's going through my head a lot like as an instant i'd be like really into it because you could just hold it open and every turn depending on what your opponent did you could make a decision on if now is the time to use this or if you try to hold out for max value and land drops etc and at sorcery speed you have to commit that with less information on your turn and that uh i don't like that that that's not very blue mage to me that that gosh i i think this was instant away from being playable now as it is it is a value machine five mana for a four four that bounces a thing scries one and draws a card is probably playable but I get this weird feeling that it looks better than it is because it's next to the other five mana cards, the last few that we talked about. <laughs> because it appears like a creature that actually has an ETB, right? But it's not actually a creature, it's a spell. And uh, when it's actually a creature, there's so much more you can do with it. When it's a spell, especially an X spell, like you can't like bounce it, you can't yeah, cheat it into play. Um, there's a bunch of spells... There's a bunch of cards that care about casting instants and sorceries out of the graveyard or exiling them from the graveyard, and, and this isn't a big one because of that X. Here's it's, another thing uh, that sucks about it, is that you don't get any payoff if X is greater than 4, right? That's true. So you, you can't... Like, one of the nice things about X spells is if you top deck them in the late game, you can just slam them for some ungodly amount and really use your mana, and this, this one tops out at 5 CMC. Yeah, and here's the other thing, right? The way I read this card, if you cast it for anything less than CMC 5, or sorry, MV, MV 5 is what I'm moving into, it's a desperation play. You're basically not happy to cast this card at any point before that. You're probably just trying to stay alive. Oh, yeah. And sorcery speed bouncing is so much worse than instant speed. 
And this particular bounce is just so much worse in general, man. Couldn't they have given us a reasonable bounce as well? Yeah. Like, they get I, to choose, mm, you know? Choose a player, they return a creature they control. Yeah, it's true. It's their choice. That's actually wow. one of the things that kind of kills me about the card, you know? Like, you're getting beaten down by, like, mono white or mono red. They return their one drop to their hand. How much did you really accomplish? The doggo takes another one for the team. <laughs> exactly. But, 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 Arjuna! You can bounce a hexproof Hero Best the Sea God token. Okay, and now you're talking. We really did it. If, if they have you, nothing else on the battlefield. If we're, if we're super big brain, we can target ourselves and then bounce something that we control. Oh, baby. I, yeah, <laughs> I, you know what I've always hated? Multiple choice. Yep. It's like training wheels for, for, the, for the kids, you know? It's like, let them suffer. Let those of us who can figure it out without multiple choice, you know, rise to the top. Yeah. So, yeah. We, the Chads over here, will be playing mm -hmm. cards like the next card, which I'll have you read, CGV, Extus Auric Overlord. Will we? Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I don't you, know. All right. We'll find out. <laughs> One white, black, black, four total. Uh, two, four, double strike, legendary creature, human warlock. Magecraft, whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, return target non-legendary creature card from your graveyard to your hand. That's one side. The other side. Awaken the Blood Avatar. Six black red. That's a total of eight. Sorcery. As an additional cost to cast this spell, you may sacrifice any number of creatures, even infinity. This spell costs two less to cast for each creature sacrificed this way. Each opponent sacrifices a creature. Create a 3-6 black and red avatar creature token with haste. And whenever this creature attacks, it deals three damage to each opponent. That's what do you think? Another book on a card. You know, my very first thought in looking at this card is, isn't it a bummer that the sorcery is on the back? Because this this can't be one of our cards that we're pitching into the graveyard for our spells thing, right? Oh, to cheat, and then you wouldn't have to sacrifice the things. Yeah, I, yeah. that that would uh, make this card a lot better, I think. Um, so yeah, okay. But then, all right. So let's look at the card. So on the face of it, we have another random like low power, high toughness, double striking four drop, which just seems to be kind of the theme in the set I, yep what's with all with of the these like craft. rare and mythic double strikers man i i that they're, they're, i don't know what they're trying to do they're trying to do something um the magecraft ability keyword soup it, it does feel like they rolled a dice or like spun a wheel for their mythics doesn't it yeah of which abilities we're going to give it because we gave flying and trample to the quandrix and i guess flying makes sense for a dragon but does a four four need trample and then over here we've got double strike on a two power creature it's just weird i it, it all feels a little arbitrary to me uh maybe i'm missing something okay so the magecraft ability is strong i mean it's a nice ability to have on a creature it would be a fine ability to have on a creature i wanted to have on the battlefield <laughs> you know it's it's not the worst right like it's not the worst i think again the worst part of the, the front side of this is just the whole like two four for four ness of it so I'm kind of not, I'm not hot overall on it. This card has to do, like, it doesn't have an ETB. This card has to, like, do something pretty impressive, and I'm not quite seeing it. It can't block a questing beast. Like, nope. what's going on here? <laughs> it can't even block a lovestruck beast. I, I mean, it can. It, it won't, it won't win. <laughs> it I, won't relish yeah. it. There's so many of these cards where you look at it, and it's like, yeah, I mean, that's a card, but there's not a lot exciting to do with it and then on the backside, like what the heck are we do yeah this what is, do you have to do this is a weird card man if you sacrifice two creatures and you pay four mana for this and your opponent has to sack a creature of their choice you get this three six with haste that deals three damage directly to the dome when it attacks mm-hmm 
Um, so that's, it's it's almost like a six six haste, right? But but remember, we gave up two creatures for that for yeah. four mana, right? And yeah. that's like, what are we? What creatures are we giving up? Do we have some goat tokens? Did we claim the firstborn and do this thing? Uh, keep in mind, the backside is Rakdos, the front side is Orzov. Yeah, so right. the mana requirements are messed up. Yep. It's if a you really wanted good to play this in Rakdos, you can't play the other side unless you. M- conjure a white mana mm-hmm. and let's be real like although the backside can be game ending it's also incredibly easy to disrupt right like a single bounce spell a single fatal push like there are just so many ways to kill this demon so and and if the demon dies oh sorry the avatar is what it is if, if the avatar dies you get nothing and you sacked stuff it's pretty bad. I mean, the opponent sacrificed a creature. I guess that's yeah. all. Yeah. And I don't know, man. I can't even imagine playing this card. I can't either. You'd have to have a deck that was really all in on sacking creatures. And But you also need spells, right? If you See, it's another one of those cards with so many messed up incentives. Because if you want to take advantage of the front side at all... You want spells, so but you also want non-legendary creatures to take advantage of the front side. And on top of that, you have a double-striking body with a low power, so you want equipment or something to buff it. And then on the back side, you just need three useless cards sitting around, but you also probably want removal because you want them to sacrifice something that matters. So you have to somehow kill their other stuff. I did like what is this deck it's it's like what we are being pulled in directions and i don't yeah i don't i don't know what is going on we're supposed to play tradebinder dot deck and and sometimes it will come together agreed yeah this is one of the weirder weirder cards i've seen and that is saying something for this set all right well let's just move on from that morass of a card this so this next card i'm gonna read is one of the cards which is helping us to answer the question of what are we willing to do to learn. So I'll read this one off. Igneous Inspiration, two and a red, sorcery at uncommon. Igneous Inspiration deals three damage to any target, so we finally found a card that can go to the dome. We did it. And it also has learn on it. So I guess it, this poses the question, are we willing to pay basically an extra generic mana to get learn on a card like this. When I read this card, I thought that it was a lesson. Like, I inverted them in my head, and I was like, oh, this is the best freaking lesson. That would be gas. Yeah. And just because, yeah, sometimes you fetch it and go face, right? You just have the option of an expensive sorcery speed face spell. But as the learn card, I hate it. Because that's not free. Like, you still have to get a lesson that matters and cast it for this to really have replaced itself. What would you think of three mana sorcery deal three damage to any target draw a card? Would you like that card? That's that's a really good question. Yeah, it's a really I'm good not question. Sure. It's okay, so that card is a grindy card, which this card is, right? So mm-hmm. part of it depends on the speed of the format and the threats. So if if your opponent is playing a lot of like let's say, you know, that deck is like a lot of three mana creatures, stuff like that, or, you know, three mana planeswalkers that this can kill, which wasn't really happening in the past. But anyway, if a format is kind of like that, then yeah, this card is great, you know? If a format is like mono white, no, this card's way too slow. So, yeah, I I think it's really slow. Uh, one of one of the other bummers about this is like the the mono red deck doesn't want to play this right because it's just too much mana. Compare it to Bone Crusher Giant. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah, because Bone Crusher gives you a hit any target and draw a card, and it's a pretty good on rate creature, and it curves into itself. What are we curving into if we spend three mana to damage a target? Like, I mean, I don't think we have a four mana lesson that an an aggro or burn deck really want to play that way i don't know yeah <sighs> i don't know it's true i so basically i wouldn't main deck it and i can't think of a matchup that i would bought it in for either which basically adds up to this being just not good all right well i guess we answered that question <laughs> i um, think so i'll mention this next card just because i don't know maybe uh practical research why don't you read this for us 
Three blue red instant. Draw four cards, then discard two cards unless you discard an instant or sorcery. So I don't know. I mean, okay, so draw four is nice. Um, this card reminds me of Graven Law. Now, obviously, Graven Law is a better card if you have the five Snowlands to cast it, right? But how much worse is this card than Graven Law on, on the face of it? Uh, worse than Graven Lore. Um, I think it's getting close to being on par with it. But, I mean, the I don't know. Graven Lore is... You can play that in a blue-black deck, and this, you cannot. And, uh, like, the black removal spells make a big difference in that card being playable, because you can keep just about any threat the opponent plays from absolutely devastating you. Same with Extinction Event, and in Is It, you have Storm's Wrath, which we don't have to talk about. Lovestruck Beast right now, we can just let it go. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, man, like, um, if, if this card costs three blue-blue, do you think it would be playable? This card is playable. Okay. Um, just it is playable. Mm-hmm. I just think there are better options. Mm-hmm. I I think it's quite strong, especially if if this color combination. If we have like really good incentives to play an is it deck in standard, I could definitely see this card. I mean, draw four, pitch an instant or sorcery is powerful. You know, draw four, pitch two lands, especially when you're already at five lands, is still quite powerful. I think so. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, who knows whether this card shows up, right? I mean, Graven Law was, you know, mm, arguably a little bit of a meme card, right? I mean, it's a, it's a good card. Didn't really see. <laughs> it is not a meme card. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't showing up in, in tournament lists that I was seeing, but maybe I just wasn't reading the right lists. But at any rate. I mean,. Yeah, it, it was part of the Demir control deck that did show up in a lot of side tournaments, but was kind of a strange meta choice and didn't get played by the MPL at any level. Right, so maybe a tier tier 2, 2.5 kind of a card. I'm not dissing the card. I, I mean, I've resolved plenty of Graven Laws. I think they're good. Calls it meme card, says is not dissing card. <laughs> Like the record show. Um, so anyway, yeah, just, I don't know. Keep an eye. We might actually see practical research show up. Okay. That'd be kind of cool. We'll see. So why don't you read then for us Culmination of Studies? Culmination of Studies. X and a blue-red. Sorcery. Rare. Exile the top X of your library. For each land card exiled, create a treasure token. For each blue card exiled this way, draw a card. For each red card exiled this way, one damage to each opponent. Whoa. So you're telling me. If I have seven mana chillin', and I, at sorcery speed, tap all those for culmination of studies, and I exile two lands, I get, like, two treasures, and I exile an Izzet card, a blue card, and a red card. I draw two cards, and I deal two damage to my opponent. What a that's deal. Not, that's not an ultimatum, dude. What a deal. That's not an ultimatum. But it's so flexible, CGB, right? Can't we just Is cast it? it for X equals one? Doesn't yeah, that sound you can. good? Yeah, see what happens. <laughs> I mean, you could make one treasure. That could happen. You could dome your opponent for one. Yeah? Just yeah. living the life. Oh, man. But we can cheat I, I mean, this card out, right? No, we can't do that either. It's the next spell. Yeah. What? What? So this is what you have to ask yourself when you have an X spell. Is like, at what? X equals what? Before you're satisfied, right? And I'm struggling to find X equals any cost with this card that is satisfying to me. If you exile five blue cards in that scenario I'm talking about, you draw five for seven. Like, that's not great. You can draw seven for seven. That card is actually a best of one legal. Uh, Overwhelming intellect or whatever it is. I mean, yeah, this. I feel like this card is a bit of a joke. Like, like, why would you ever play this card? Why, why with an X spell are we excited to make treasure tokens? Like, like you want your X spells to be your payoff card, not your setup card. So, so I'm glad that it does something when you hit a land because right. we've seen this card a number of times that just did nothing when it hit lands. Mm-hmm. So, at least it does something. But 
Yeah. I just, I'm off it. Yeah, this card is just deeply underwhelming to me. How about... Oh, okay. Well, Frost, this- Frost Trickster is there, and I don't know if you know this, but it was revealed by clearly the most excellent of mages. I mean, very constructed playable card, Frost Trickster. <laughs> At this point, it might be among the <laughs> most constructed be, playable cards be. in the set. I'm don't don't make me go there. I would rather put Frost Trickster in my deck than Culmination of Studies. Quite honestly. Yeah, yeah. Not not no no kappa. All right. Well, why don't you read it for the people then? Frost Trickster is two and a blue for a bird wizard. It is a 2-2 flyer, and when Frost Trickster enters the battlefield, tap target creature and opponent controls, that creature doesn't untap during its controller's next up untap step. The power creep is real. This is the finest Frost Lynx ever printed. Oh, it, 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 it rumbles. It is a Yorian combo. Dude, this is, this is a banger in Limited, man. Like... Oh boy, mm-hmm. and at common, like this this card's gonna pull me into blue, man. Yeah. I, I Thassa is still legal if you wanna you know, <laughs> if you wanna you really wanna, you wanna go for it. There you go. You even get a little value if it gets bone crushed. Uh-huh. Yep. Alright. I wish I had flash, but oh well. Well, you know, CGB at least they at least they identified the correct color of cards to give you. So, you know, that they're doing something right. Dude, I am kill. I no, I I am not joking. This is a better card than a lot of the mythics and rares. No, it is. It it honestly is. Um. Okay. So this, I want to read this cycle of cards because at least one of them I think is playable. Um. So Maelstrom Muse, and these have interesting uh, casting costs as well. It kind of looks funny if you read it, but it's basically, it's one blue, red, and an is it. So the casting cost can be one blue, blue, red, or one blue, red, red. This one's, yeah, Maelstrom Muse. It's a creature, djinn, wizard at uncommon. It is a 2-4 with flying. Whenever Maelstrom Muse attacks, the next instant or sorcery spell you cast this turn costs X less to cast, where X is Maelstrom Muse's power as this ability resolves. Uh, probably not playable, I would say. <laughs> I was gonna. The first thing I was gonna do is ask you if this is the playable one, and then I was gonna roast you for why do we have to read the whole cycle if only one's playable? <laughs> All right, this one's not playable. We'll move on. <laughs> we'll, we'll move. No, on. it's fine. It's fine. Uh, that I, I I just thought that that was funny. I just wanted to roast you for the fun. I, I that's that's cool. Roast deserved. Roast accepted. Why don't you read uh, teachings of the archaics and we'll see if that one's playable. Whoa, whoa! I'm not done with Maelstrom Muse. Okay, you ready? This right, is you're, you're really gonna te- drag me huh yes okay yes because the flavor text is like s tier <laughs> okay she's an inspiration to everyone even herself <laughs> that sounds like it could be my line it does doesn't it it really does i love it you know what, i man? love it so much you always have an audience of one all right yeah <laughs> that's what the flavor text should really be <laughs> burn (laughs) (laughs) so how about teachings of the archaics then this is a two and a blue sorcery lesson so keep in mind you in best of one can get this from your sideboard for free and in best of three it costs you a sideboard spot but you have the same idea when you play a learn card and the text is if an opponent has more cards in hand than you draw two cards draw three cards instead if an opponent has at least four more cards in hand than you. Okay, so this is a bad divination, which has the potential to be better than a divination. <laughs> which has the potential to be a, oh my god, concentra- a desperation concentrate. <laughs> um, I-, I think most people will read something like this, and they'll say that, well, if it's behind, it's really, that's the only way that you get paid. But that's not usually the case. In standard right now, like it used to be the person with the most cards in hand mattered. And I remember being at paper events, you'd always be like, how many cards do you have in hand? Because that made a big difference on what your play was, because that established where you are in the game. Nowadays, like one, I'm not at the game store, so I don't have this question to ask. But a lot of times, that's not what I'm focused on. Nowadays, in standard, it's who's played the most cards, who's, who's ahead. And this card kind of says... You're ahead, and you get further ahead. 
really, uh, if you can do it in an aggressive way. If you're not playing any kind of aggression, then this is just kind of a bad card that will often do nothing. Like, if you're playing a card, that card that draws a card and learns, and you go fetch this, it's like, you're never going to play it. It does nothing if you're at parity. But if you played, like, one drop, two drop, three drop, four drop, and then you play this, like, that's pretty good. It's a good point, that's yeah. Good. It rewards you for dumping your hand. Yeah. Um, yeah, this could be good in, like, the um, Sprite Dragon deck, right? Um, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, you, uh, yeah, you play some cheap threats, you play some cheap spells, you do a bunch of, you know, can tripping and damage and stuff, and then you, you recharge. Um, I don't know. It's a possible shell for it. And it's important to just always keep in mind, like, for, like, best of one, it is a lesson. It's situational, but it's supposed to be. You just only fetch it when you're, when you were, like, on the play and you dropped a few cards. Think about Robber of the Rich when it pops off, right? When you're on the play, it's, like, the second card you play and they don't do anything for a few turns, so you draw, like, two or three cards and you get to play their deck on them, right? The so that's like where that's the kind of curve where this is like a way that it just buries your opponent when they're just trying to get in the game and then you just gas up again mm-hmm. yeah it, it's not a bad card i agree very situational could be good um i would definitely be in the right deck willing to try one of these in the board see if it gets there Next card, which is interesting, who knows whether this will see play in Standard, but it's definitely going to see play in some other formats. Clever Lumimancer. This is one white mana for a creature human wizard, 0-1, so it's going to have to do something cool. It has Magecraft, whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell. Clever Lumimancer gets plus 2, plus 2, until end of turn. So this card can definitely be a bruiser. It's an 0-1. So you, I mean, if you put this in your deck, it's because you want to attack. And that means that you have to expect to play a spell, an instant or sorcery spell, every turn while this thing's in play. That's a lot of spells, uh, and you want to be attacking. That's a difficult balance to walk in standard. And I, when I think of it, I'm like, gosh, I want to play it with Sprite Dragon, but it's really hard to have first turn white, second turn is it? Like, that's probably unrealistic. So, yeah, standard, it looks ugly. Then I think about, like, the mana and stuff in Historic, and I think about Historic with Opt and Faithless Looting and Abundant Harvest, I think that card is called. And then yeah. I'm like, oh. Like feather, right? We already have Feather decks in Historic. This is possibly goes into that deck dreadhorde arcanist mm-hmm mm-hmm bam yeah thought can you imagine turn one like clever luminancer turn two like arcanist turn three like any spell defiant strike you know like or hey don't even play the arcanist on two turn two you thought sees them or you know something thought sees and then turn sick. three turn three you play the arcanist and you claim it to give it haste <laughs> there and you go dude so much it's yeah yeah and I mean, you know, casting any combat trick on your Lumamancer is definitely just going to create piles of damage. So um, I, I could see it. I could definitely see this card showing up somewhere and being a total bruiser. And I think you will, like, at some point on the ladder, your opponent's going to go clever Luma- Lumamancer turn one, and they're just going to bury you. So even in standard, it's going to happen. I, I'm not sure what spells you're pairing with this. Like, what color combination would that be? Yeah, I'm Boros? thinking... I'm thinking like, yeah, Boros, Boros, or maybe Azorius. I don't know. Because I, when I look at this card for standard, I think of how a Coem Hellhound just did nothing because the fail state was too brutal for the aggro decks. Yeah. Although, I mean, I don't know. I think Hellhound is just a bad card, whereas I think Clever Lumomancer is a situational card. So You like casting spells, you don't like playing lands. Is that what this is? We shall see. We shall see. I, I agree, though. It's going to be hard to make it work in standard, but um, this, this will be a bruiser in some larger formats for sure. This is an interesting card that I want for you to talk about, Kavako Blue, Baleful Mastery. Three and a black for an instant. It is a rare one. And you may pay one and a black rather than pay this spell's mana cost. Okay, I will. If one in a black was paid, an opponent draws a card, ew, 
Exile target creature or planeswalker. So, for four mana, you can have a Vraska's Contempt with no life gain, or you can pay two mana, the opponent draws a card, and you get a Vraska's Contempt for half the price. And you wanted me to talk about this. Um, I hate it, because I don't think I'm ever paying it, playing it for two, and if I do, it's a lose more. Uh, I, I really don't like this card. I'm I'm kind of with you on it. Yeah, I at first I was like, man, the flexibility is really good. But then like honestly, I would rather just play a heartless act, you know? Like Yeah, it 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 demands that exile be relevant or planeswalkers. Like planeswalkers aren't very relevant right now, and exile is. Uh but man, do I feel like if I'm exiling the seasoned hollow blade with the mall the skyclaves on it, Maybe that's worth it, but I, I'm i just, I'm not pumped about it, you know? I'd almost rather play the Heartless Act, tap the Hollow Blade, make them discard a card, and find another way. So Tempo has to matter with this card, right? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. that's the thing. Like, if you, I just feel like you probably can't put this in a control deck unless there are, like, certain threats that you're super cold to, right? Um, so... Yeah, like, so that, in my mind, puts this into, like, uh, I don't know, like, maybe this is the kind of card that, like, Mardu Knights would have played in a previous format or something, like a deck which is just trying to bury you in damage and and speed and raw power. Yeah, I think of how often you see Dire Tactics in Standard, right? That's a two-mana exile target creature with a potential drawback if you don't control a human. You don't see it very much. The the Orzhov color combination hasn't been supported. Now, this set is supposed to support it, but wouldn't you rather play Tactics most of the time? I You would rather play Tactics until Planeswalkers matter, and yeah, they don't. that's it. Yeah, we'd have to see more Planeswalkers in Standard, for sure, mm-hmm. to see this card show up, I think. It is... Okay, so it is a powerful card, and it is a useful card, and I wouldn't be surprised if at some point... In the standard or historic matter, this saw a little bit of sideboard play. But I think it's a card for which, like... Okay, so here's one of the problems with this card. There's a better solution at every turn. And so the whole point of this card is versatile, but the drawback is so great that you're probably not going to run it for the general versatility. So that just... That all adds up to make a card that's very difficult to make an argument for playing. You know what? I put this in the same category as um, Assassin's Trophy. That's a card which sees very, very little play in, like, it saw little play in Standard, sees very little play in Historic for the same reason, right? It's very versatile, but it just gives your opponent a little bit more advantage than you want them to have. Agree. Um, why don't you read Verdant Mastery? Five and a green for a sorcery. You may pay three and a green rather than pay this spell's mana cost. I, uh-oh, I think we've got a cycle where you can pay less, but it'll suck. <laughs> Choices. Anyway, search your library for up to four basic land cards and reveal them. Put one of them onto the battlefield tapped under an opponent's control. If the three and a green was paid. Put two of them onto the battlefield tapped under your control and the rest into your hand. Then shuffle. Okay, so if you pay six, you search for four and you put two on the battlefield and two into your hand. And if you pay four, you put one on the opponent's side, two on your side, and one into your hand. Do I got that right? Yes. So what do you, what's this card? What's going on? All right, so here's, here's the deal with this card. I think you're really supposed to play this for four. And you're supposed to just swallow the drawback of ramping your opponent as well. So I think the idea, right, the idea is that you play this on turn four, it gives you two extra lands on the field, and then on the following turn you have an additional land that you can play, because otherwise it's just strictly worse than, you know, like what, Migration Path, which uh-huh. is like that minus the drawback and minus the card in your hand so i don't know i guess one of my challenges with with a card like this right is that you're playing this in a deck which has a lot of lands in it the whole point of a card like this is that you're playing a ramp deck right and so 
in order for this to be better than you know basically any of the other cards that you would play in this spot that like getting the extra land in the hand has to matter right and i just don't see it like you play so many lands anyway um you're just you're kind of likely to have an extra land if you cast a cultivate on a previous turn you get an extra land so i'm kind of not feeling this card if Migration Path gave you a third land but ramped the opponent, would you play it? I mean, nobody plays Migration Path, path anyway. as it is. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. So. exactly. And I just, like, the the six-mana mode is, like, kind of a joke, right? I mean, do you want to pay six mana for four basic lands? It's like, what, well, if I'm racing to Ugin or something, but, like, it's just not how it's done, right? It's just not how it's done. Nope. Super weird card. That's a wrap for this one. We will continue releasing these segments over the next week until the final release of Strixhaven. See you there.